today on It's Time. And letting God be God in your life is going to be the best thing you can ever do because God knows what's bestest. I hear the calling, it's time. Welcome to It's Time, the daily Bible teaching program of Mike Kessler, pastor of the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. Today, we're going verse by verse through the book of 1 John. So turn there in your Bible and join Pastor Mike. And it's funny how people perceive people. Now, people say today in our world, well, image is everything. You know, go for the gusto. You know, motivational ideas are what's going to make the difference. Let me tell you something. If God is your Lord, and I pray he is today, that is what's going to promote you in this world. The reason why, if you try to mix Christianity, well, you know, I'm what I am because Jesus died on the cross for me and I got a Gucci purse. Whoa. No, the one thing will make a difference. The other in eternity won't. And so we really want, again, how and what do we identify with now that we're Christians? And so this is what he's saying. Whoever commits sin, practices it regularly, really is living in sin. Now he goes on and he tells us, whoever abides in him, verse 6, does not sin. Whoever sins has neither seen him nor known him. And what this means by sin, that doesn't mean that you you fall and skin your, your, your knees as a Christian sometimes. But it's saying, whoever practices sin, willful disobedience against God, as he says here, has not seen him nor known him. I really believe that. Because again, when we recognize that God does a supernatural change in us, that's why Jesus said to Nicodemus in John chapter 3, marvel not that I say to you, you must be born again. Now that isn't options like, you know, do you want raised white letters on your new car tires? It's, you must be born again. Why? You need a nature change. What is wrong with human beings is so dark, so bad, we need a whole entire new nature. That's what died. And the Bible says those that are not born again are in darkness and called the children of the devil. Pretty scary stuff. Little children, let no one deceive you. He who practices righteousness is righteous just as he is righteous. Now that's not saying that righteousness in itself will save you, but it's saying once you know who God is, and again, this is why he prefaces it. If you like to underline things in your Bible, you should underline this. Little children, let no one deceive you. He doesn't say this to the world. Otherwise, being a goody two-shoes would get you into heaven. But he's addressing little children, speaking of the children of God, that once you're a Christian, once you've accepted Christ as your Savior, those that practice righteousness, it's a reflection of who you are. You're righteous. 
just as he is righteous. By the way, where did we learn to be righteous? From him. How did we learn to be benevolent? From him. Again, you give what you got. That works all the way across the board in Christianity. If you have come to Christ, you can lead somebody to Christ. If you've been baptized, do you realize you can baptize somebody? If you've been filled with the Holy Spirit, you can pray for somebody to receive the Holy Spirit. Do you realize what you receive from God and his truth and his word, you can give to somebody. But if you don't have God's word in your heart, then you can't give it because you don't know it. So this is what he's saying. Where did we learn to be righteous? We learned it from Jesus. What did Jesus do? How did he do that? Is there anything that you see in the life of Jesus that isn't good? People come up to him and, 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 and they would have an issue in their life. They needed healing or whatever. Jesus would respond to them and show them love. Verse 8. He who sins is of the devil. And again, this word sins here is speaking of a repetitive, dug-in practice in rebellion to God. And you know what? If you're a Christian, you already know what it is. Because God convicts us of our sins. That isn't something that a pastor or a preacher or anybody else has to do. That's something, that's the invisible work of the Holy Spirit that convicts people of their sins. See, this is one of the reasons why, and we've been, I, I reference this a lot because we did that study, remember, a few months ago in the book of Jonah. And we remember that we call oftentimes Jonah the great evangelist. Because God called him to go to Nineveh. He didn't want to go. He got swallowed by the fish, got barfed out on the beach, finally goes into Nineveh. Okay. But the point is, is that invisible Holy Spirit was already convicting the people of Nineveh. All God wanted was somebody to go tell them how to get right with him. Remember. The Holy Spirit has been convicting people around you and me all the time. And we talk about this sometimes, but when I feel an unction to go pray for somebody or go be around somebody or whatever, I can say, oh, oh uh, you know, that, that must be indigestion. That's what it is. Yeah, I... No, let's look at it. By nature, who you are, would you just walk up and pray for somebody? Or talk to somebody about God. No. It's not really who I am. I what I was. But when God puts his spirit inside of us. There's a love for him. And a a love for a big lost world. That's the two things that I look most of all. For somebody that's been filled with the spirit. Not if they can pray in tongues or swing on chandeliers, but rather or not, do you have a love for God, a deep love for God, a boldness for the love of God, and a love for the lost in the world? See, because the focus then has gone from me, centralistic, to pluralistic, seeing, hey, I'm I'm in a big lost world and they need God. How can I reach out to them and do as much as I can while I can, redeeming the time, the days are evil. So when we look at this, we realize that, that there's a, something that God wants you and me to do for him. Invisible Holy Spirit has already convicted the people around us. So when I feel an unction to go pray for somebody or talk to somebody, inside I'm going, oh, I'm just making that up. No, by nature, I wouldn't do that. 
by our own old sin nature, I wouldn't go up and pray for somebody. I wouldn't share the gospel with them. The devil doesn't want you to pray for them and to bless them and love them. So who's telling you to go pray for that person? Or call that person on the phone that perhaps you haven't talked to for years. It's God. That's how God talks to us. That's one of the things I really want to share with every person. God is alive and well on the planet Earth, wants and will talk to you to be about his business. Oh, I I just wish I could talk to God. God is talking. Are we listening? How does that work? Well, simply this. God knows that there is a lost world. His Holy Spirit's been convicting people around us, and you're his chosen one. Again, you're his beloved one that says, you tell him. Well, God, I don't know what to say. I remember when I was in Hawaii, I was in Kona, Hawaii, uh, about a few, few months ago, and there was a group of kids out doing a, a thing with YWAM. And they were doing music, and there was about 30, 40 people that had gathered around. And I was talking to uh, one of the kids that were there, and I said, um, I said, uh, are you going to, somebody going to come? You got this big crowd, the music's attractive. Is somebody going to get up and share the gospel? And he goes, well, well, no, I I, I don't think so. We just kind of come out here and do some music. I said, get up and share your testimony. And so his name was Hunter. He gets up and the best he could, he shared what God did for him. And I go, that's the answer. See, people around us are looking for answers. Where are they looking? They're looking to Hollywood. They're looking in their their drugs. They're looking in, 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 in their friends. Only God has the answer that will satisfy their soul. Because deep down, even in a person that doesn't know who they are, that's been lied to by the world, they know that they have been lied to by the world. They have bought their chili and it doesn't satisfy. As a matter of fact, it gives you some pretty bad heartburn, doesn't it? Well... The Bible says, little children, let no one deceive you. I think that's so important. He who practices righteousness is righteous. He who sins is of the devil. For the devil has sinned from the beginning. And by the way, if you go back to the source of all things, let's go back to verse 24 of the preceding chapter. Therefore, let, again, willingness on my behalf, let that abide in you which you've heard from the beginning, no new twist on scripture, the original Jesus loves you. Go back to the source, the beginning. That's who he is. Well, look at this. He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. Everything has its origination. That's one of the things that you can always do. And again, when we as Christians identify with Christ, we are going back to the beginning. I get so tired of people who identify with something other than Christ, yet calling themselves Christians. Well, I'm an Arminianist. I'm a Calvinist. Have you heard that one? Oh, really? Did Calvin die for you? You know, the guy that makes underwear? No, I don't know. But the thing is, we like, we, it's like we want to identify with something other than who Christ is, But when you go back to the beginning, he's the source of all good things. The devil has been a liar from the beginning. He's been deceiving the world. That's why the world is so upside down. Do you realize you as a Christian, you see things in a different light than the world does? Sometimes you hear the conservative Christian 
council you know, that's out there in the voting world and everything. Do you know why? Because you see things different than the world does. The world's in darkness. And friends, you don't have to look very long to understand how dark the world really is. When they believe that a born baby in New York, born to parents, I was thinking of that when, when uh, Maria and Tom brought their baby up, that that baby that's born in New York can lay there on the table, they will consult the parents, do you want to let it live or not, and then they make the decision. Darkness, friends, is upon our land. You're children of light. Be children of light. Satan has been a liar from the beginning, deceiving people. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Do you think his works need to be destroyed? Amen. I remember always talking to a friend of mine, Craig. And he'd go out and minister, and uh, he'd go over to people's house, and some people that were strung out on drugs and alcohol and different things like that. And, and uh, I'd come back, and I said, well, did you go see him? He goes, yeah, I did. And I said, well, what'd you think? And he goes, oh, some of Satan's handiwork. Life's a rex. Broke financially because they're in rebellion to God. You know, I believe that, again, God will provide every one of our needs according to his riches and glory when we walk in his ways. If we're not in his ways, I don't think that blessing is going to be there. That's one of the things we need to change and turn around. Jesus came to destroy. The ultimate end of the devil came to destroy the works of the devil. So important. Whoever has been born of God does not sin. Now, what that means is live in habitual sin. Why? Because your nature, the nature of God that's in you, that was born in you, does not mix with the world. The world has, again, a different source for nutrition than you do. Well, he says, whoever's been born of God does not sin, for his seed remains in him and cannot sin because you've been born of God. So that means this. If you find yourself as a Christian being in habitual sin, one word, repent, get out of it. You're blocking the power of God working in your life. That does not mean everything's going to go hunky-dory your way. But what it does mean is great is your reward in heaven. You are aligning your life, your purposes with God. In this, the children of God and the children of the devil are manifested or, or shown for what they really are. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is he who does not love his brother. Two things. Loving God, loving one another. What is the two commandments Jesus gave? They came to Jesus and they said, Jesus, what is the greatest commandment? And Jesus said, love God with your whole heart, mind, soul, and spirit. Love your neighbor as yourself. For upon these two hang all the law and the prophets. You know, it's really interesting to me. There's such a move today. And winds of doctrine blow through the church, and it's pretty amazing to me, whether it was the shepherding doctrine that was years ago that you couldn't buy a car, you couldn't change your job unless you talked to your shepherd, your pastor. Well, again, I think any person that would put themselves in that position in an individual's life rather than Christ right there tells you it's, it's heretical. 
or the positive confession movement. Well, whatever it is, just blab it and grab it. It's yours. You know, visualize it and it's yours or whatever. And you visualize and positive confess yourself right out of the will of God. Well, you know, God, I want that new Americanus Maximus with tinted glass and air go. And God says, why do you need that? You're going, I, I called you to be a missionary. Uh, you're you're going to go, you're going to go overseas and that won't fit in your suitcase. Oh, really? See, it's much better to say thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is. When's the doctrine blow through? Well, another one that's kind of blowing through now is to get back under the law. Now, this was a problem that Apostle Paul uh, 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 was, was working against as well. He's saying, you started off in the spirit. Are you going to be made perfect in the flesh? And the law, the Old Testament, addresses the flesh. The law in the Old Testament was never meant to justify a man. It was only meant to show you how badly you needed a savior. But now God writes on our heart his commandments. What are his commandments? And I've had people say that. Well, you know what the Bible says, if you love me, keep my commandments. And they try to say what Jesus was saying there was the Ten Commandments. That is not what he was saying. He was saying, keep my commandments. What was Jesus' commandments? Love God with your whole heart, mind, soul, and spirit. Love your neighbor as yourself. For upon these two hang all the law and the prophets. What does it say here? Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is he who does not love his brother. Those two things. See, love is what God wants us to do. Because God is the source of love. I can love them in spite of the way they treat me because I know where to go get my batteries charged. You know, if, if, if your battery is going low on your car, you left your lights on in the parking lot when you go in to buy your post toasties and you come back out and you go, oh, oh, my lights are on in my car. The first thing you want to do is shut your lights off before you try to start your car. Why? Because you're almost dead. Your battery is almost gone. You want to shut your lights off and wait a few seconds and then try to start your car. By the way, if this happens to anybody, let me know. Just a thought. The idea is you're running out of energy. God is a never-ending source of having your battery, your spiritual battery charged. You need that. I need that. For this message that you heard from the beginning, that we should love one another, not the way Cain, the wicked one, who murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his works were evil and his brothers righteous. You see, jealousy is the root of all, I believe, all things that are contrary to the Spirit of God. And the Bible says pride is one of the key ingredients in all sin. Because I'm going to determine what I want rather than what God wants. God says, I want to do something so wonderful for you that you trust me. Let me drive. I saw years ago a bumper sticker. It said, Jesus is my co-pilot. Well, friends, that's really not right. I want Jesus to completely drive. You know, I don't want Jesus to be driving and me reach over the, hey, let me drive over here. Won't be long. I don't know if you've ever done that. I think married people have. Got some of you, I think. Okay, honey, you know, I, I'm going to take off my coat, so if you'll just reach over and hold on to the steering wheel, I'll keep my foot on the gas. I had an uncle 
who before the years of cruise control, he'd get tired driving and literally he would lay over on the side, on the driver's side while he was driving and sleep and his wife was doing this, my aunt was doing this. People driving by were amazed that they would see what was going on in the car. Here's a guy with his mouth open, his hat back, asleep, and his wife doing this, driving. God isn't your co-pilot. God is the pilot. I want to be in the back seat. God, help me stay in the back seat where I belong. Again, not as Cain. Verse 13, and we'll stop here. Do not marvel, my brethren, if the world hates you. Don't, don't worry about that. They're in darkness. They don't see the way you do. And letting God be God in your life is going to be the best thing you can ever do because God knows what's best for you. You see, these things are written. What manner... The Father has bestowed upon us his love. I just this morning would invite you to consider something. If you're not born again, you need to be. If you're a Christian that is practicing sin, in other words, you're living in a lifestyle contrary to what God has told you and has convicted you for, the only reason he's convicted you is because he loves you. And he loves you enough to say you're on the wrong road. He wants you to have a great reward in heaven. He wants to bless you. He wants to heal you. He wants to restore you. But I know this, that if I am not right with God, and God wants to bless me, let's say financially, and I'm not right with God, I will use that resource of finances for the wrong things. So what does God do? God says, hey, I want you to get your purposes realigned with me. And by that... The Bible says you'll be blessed. This morning, if you're not a Christian, I would invite you to consider Christ. Who are you? I pray it's defined by who God says you are, not by what you or the world says you are. You see, God loves you. And he loves you so much. And somebody said this one time, and I agree with it. God loves you so much, just as I am, I come. But God loves you so much, he won't leave you that way. God restores and rebuilds. Let God restore and rebuild you. Now, he won't do that until you ask him. He's the perfect gentleman. I would just invite you this morning to allow him to come into your life, to change you. And if you've never prayed, we're going to pray right now. And you could ask Christ to come into your life. Let's pray. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. And I repent of the foolish way that I have lived. Thinking that I could come up with the reason for life. So now take me. I believe Jesus died on the cross for me. His blood covered my sins. Wrap your righteousness around me now. And from this day forward, I want to be about your business. I commit my life to you. Write my name in your book of life that I can spend eternity with you in heaven and never be scared of dying again. And so now I commit my life into your hands. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Empower me, God.
Speak to me. And help me read your word each day in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed that, welcome to God's family. It begins with a prayer. God shows you your whole life is goodness. Thanks for joining us on It's Time as Pastor Mike teaches verse by verse through the Bible. If you've missed a program or would like to catch up, you can do so by getting it from the It's Time podcast in the iTunes store or by downloading it from the It's Time website at theriverchristianfellowship.com. On behalf of Pastor Mike and the rest of us here at the River Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening. And tune in next time for It's Time.